0: You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice, designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. We've all heard of third-party cookies and first-party data, but when Scott Brinker, the godfather of MarTech, mentioned how he expected interactive content to thrive because of zero-party data, I was intrigued. Interactive content has been around for some time, of
1: course, in various forms, but is it an application whose time has come? Tesla spends 0% of its budget on marketing. It has no marketing budget. All they have is on their website, they have a simple car configurator quiz, where you go, you pick what kind of car you want, what kind of engines you want, what kind of seats you like, the interior, exterior, etc. And as you're going through this quiz, because it's essentially a quiz and a calculator as well, it's showing you how many fuel tax savings you'll have, you know, carbon tax savings, because you're buying a Tesla, etc, etc. So, What you have to understand is that when Tesla puts a quiz like this on their website, uh, this quiz is collecting heaps of zero-party data. That's Shaksam Sharda, Creative Director and CIO at Outgrow. On this episode
0: of B2B Nation, Shaksam and I are talking about interactive content. It's promise for marketers looking to generate their own data and where interactive content goes from here. Welcome to B2B Nation. Shaksam Sharda, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: I'm the creative director at outgrow.co, which is a website where you can make quizzes, calculators, contests, any kind of interactive content that you want to put on your website, on your social media handles, anything that's not static. So not blogs, but anything that's interactive, more engaging, you can easily go on our software and you can build it there uh, using our no-code tool.
0: All right, I have been in B2B content for a long time, more than 20 years at this point. And I feel like interactive content has had its moments. Then just just recently, I saw Scott Brinker, he's kind of the godfather of MarTech, um, predict on LinkedIn that he expects big interest in interactive content again because, in Scott's words, it's potential for zero-party data. So what is the killer application for interactive content in your mind?
1: I mean, so we have to look at it as something that is happening all around us. And that is why Scott goes out there and says, hey, guys, look at this thing that has already started to happen. And you've got to like use it as well. So I'll give you an example. If you go on the Tesla website right now, You don't have all these jazzy stuff. Like, you know, they're not showing you cars, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing they have on their website, that's the only thing, you know, Tesla spends 0% of its budget on marketing. It has no marketing budget. All they have is on their website, they have a simple car configurator quiz where you go, you pick what kind of car you want, what kind of engines you want, what kind of seats you like, the interior, exterior, et cetera. And as you're going through this quiz, because it's essentially a quiz and a calculator as well, it's showing you how many fuel tax savings you'll have. Have, you know, carbon tax savings because you're buying a Tesla, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So what you have to understand is that when Tesla puts a quiz like this on their website, uh, this quiz is collecting heaps of zero party data as well. And that is where Scott is coming from. The fact that whenever you have any interactive content piece on your website, you are immediately able to gather a ton of zero party data. So every time you're answering that, uh, you're going, you go on Tesla's website and you try to configure your car. And even if you don't buy a car at the end, you have provided Tesla with all the information it needs to A, uh, you know, ma- uh, modify its supply chain based on how people are answering this quiz or B, uh, modify its products based on what kind of seats people like or what kind of colors they're going for, you know? So there's so much you can do with this data that will really help you, help you, uh, you know, uh, Improve your business in general, like all around. So that is what he's referring to when it comes to, you know, uh, interactive content revolutionizing uh, again because of zero-party data. Yeah.
0: And if you find yourself a CEO who has like 100% name recognition, you too can spend zero dollars on marketing
1: and, go and sell your products <laughs> as well. I mean, if he can just buy Twitter, then he doesn't have to buy marketing. <laughs> <laughs> right he just bought Twitter, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about your approach to interactive content at Outgrow. What does it help people do? How do your customers use it?
1: So I'll give you a very simple example. So say on a lawyer's website, so let's think of a B2B company, like a legal firm, uh, say on their website, the immediate, the only call to action is just contact me along with their, you know, awards that are listed there and the kind of services they provide. And then there's just a call to action saying, contact me. But now imagine that instead the lawyer has a quiz or a calculator on their website, embedded on their website that says, see how much I can save you in legal fees. And then you, answer a couple of questions where the lawyer is collecting his zero party data, but also at the end of the, at the end of the quiz, he's going to give you an outcome saying, if you use my company, you're going to save up to 10,000, 20,000, you know, how many ever dollars every month in legal fees based on, you know, how many contracts you're signing, etc., etc. So that is one of the examples of using interactive content. And if you go on our website, outgrow.co, you'll see more than a thousand such templates across 21 different industries that you can just easily Pick, customize, put your own colors, put your own logos. And, you know, uh, whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, you're in your business because you have some expertise and that's why you're there. And so you can always modify the questions to make these templates better than they are right now. So, you know, you can always bring in the questions you think are going to be relevant for your audience and, you know, try to give them uh, real value.
0: Where do you think interactive content goes from here? I mean, certainly when you think about the potential of artificial intelligence and machine learning and sort of combining it with online tools, the ability to maybe personalize at scale, which has always been Mm -hmm. a challenge for content. Um, There's a lot of potential there. Is that what's next? Or what what do you think is next in this space?
1: I and mean, we already definitely have chatbots because I've only like talked about quizzes, calculators, they're like contests, chatbots, uh, recommendations, e-commerce recommendations. that are all of these that you can build, and it's not AI at present, but it's pretty much uh, you know going towards machine learning. But also, what we have to understand is that. Uh, there is no need for it to be complex at present. The point is that at present, it just needs to. People just need to understand that everything on the internet works on the basis fundamentally of a quiz, because that's how humans interact with anything. It's through a quiz or like a calculation of sorts or a recommendation of sorts, and that is why everything around you is already there. Like it, interactive content is everywhere. So, for instance, when you go into a McDonald's and you have these screens where you have your build-your-own burger menu, that. Is essentially a quiz and a calculator. So uh, the, the application of interactive content hasn't yet spread. Uh, so much because big enterprises are using it, but they usually get their own developers to make it. But softwares like Outgrow let small and medium businesses also make it quite easily. So I think the first thing that's going to happen is, as Cod Brinker said, that interactive content is going to spread like anything uh, after you know uh, after the pandemic. It's go it's actually was happening during the pandemic as well, but it's going to accelerate at a much bigger pace. And once this happens, the next step would be that you know AI and machine learning would start uh, coming in interactive content to make your chat bots and your recommendations more personalized. So that is something that's going to happen. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's sort of recreating what may have been the best part of the offline shopping experience, which was your ability to go into a store and have somebody ask you questions and help you figure out what you should mm-hmm. be looking at, what's going to meet your needs. In mm-hmm. the early days of e-commerce, that was sort of missing. It was, here's what we have. Define what you want (laughs)
1: and good luck. That is in fact, the best example that I use is what the internet forgot at some point is that a shop assistant or someone at the shop, when you go and want to buy a pair of sunglasses in like a mall, in a physical store, there's always someone who has expertise and is able to be like, yeah, so based on your face shape, based on your eye color, your hairstyle, or your beard style, or your favorite actors, let me recommend you three sunglasses to choose from, instead of like when you go on AliExpress, there's like a billion to choose from, and then you end up with choice paralysis, which is what is happening to the internet. So the internet needs to go back to, uh, you know, understanding what in the physical world made people buy things faster or easier. And that is where interactive e-commerce recommendations come in. And not just for this, like for instance, any business. So one of the things we learned, because we learned so much from our clients. uh, So there was a makeup company that uh, made this e-commerce recommendation quiz, where they figured out that one of the key questions to ask uh, when you're figuring out what kind of foundation goes on your face is the color of the veins under your wrists. So whatever the color of your veins are will determine what kind of foundation needs to go on your face. And these are the, uh, little details about any product or service that, uh, that any small business owner was like, you know, really made it would know. And so these are the details they should be using in the interactive content pieces to really get a purchase made.
0: Yeah, those were the details that really enhanced the customer experience. Because if you went in and you were like, you're not going to believe what the woman at the (laughs) counter told me, that if my makeup (laughs) matches my veins, right? Like she is a genius. She knows what Mm -hmm. she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get that online,
1: right? (laughs) Exactly. So no personalization. And also as the internet spreads faster and faster because of the pandemic, so many companies come online, there's going to be so much noise. So how do you really provide this personalized experience besides through interactive content? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you referenced a couple of times the pandemic, the boon to online engagements as a mm-hmm. result of the pandemic. What have you learned about marketing or learned? You mentioned lessons from your customers. What have you learned over the tumultuous two years that we've had?
1: I think uh, a great lesson that we learned was that the more powerful you get to do things just by yourself, the better your marketing is going to be, which is why no code tools are very, very important in the coming decade, because we don't need an entire marketing team and a graphics team and, a, uh, and the worst, the developers team that are really gonna slow something down. As soon as a trend comes on the market, you need to capture that trend. You have like a week to capture it before the market goes and focuses on another trend. And the only way you can capture something in a week, the only way you can strike when the iron is hot is when and you have interactive content, you have an interactive content builder, a no code interactive content tool builder where you can really make something absolutely fast, which is what like when you're talking about Elon Musk, the way he's able to keep Tesla on everyone's mind, his, I guess his marketing technique is to ride a trend. When it is happening on Twitter, so he just goes and comments something on Twitter, so he has the power to just generate, you know, all this uh, focus on Tesla every time he comments. But what you can do, for instance, uh, so I'll give you an example of something we did to write a trend. So when 2020 was just beginning, and everyone thought it was the end of the world because of the virus, and the, um, there was uh, there was a world war going to happen with Iran at the beginning of the year, then there were like murder hornets at some point in the U.S., and then there was a tornado somewhere, and there were locust swarms. All of this was happening. So, so at the end of it, we. Got like so frustrated uh, that we made a simple quiz called uh, which 2020 disaster are you and so it would to guide you through certain questions and then it would just give you outcomes like oh you're murder hornets or you oh, or you are like the coronavirus the arch villain of 2020 etc etc so but this quiz went viral so it took us one evening to make this quiz because it's not really hard to make a quiz, especially when you're trying to make a BuzzFeed like quiz, right? It took us one evening to make a quiz. We put it on Product Hunt, which is a website uh, which has six million monthly viewers, and it was number four on Product Hunt on that day. And we got so much attention off the world at that moment when you know all of these viewers were just sharing, resharing this quiz everywhere, because everyone was frustrated with the way 2020 lockdowns were going. And this was a great outlet of their frustration, but it was also a marketing campaign on our side. So this is what I mean. Like we didn't have to rely on anyone to make this quiz. We didn't need graphic designers. We didn't need like tech people. All we had to do was go to our own no code tool and take like, you know, some time to make this quiz, which we probably made while we were tipsy. So there you go. (laughs) I mean,
0: I talked to people at some of the biggest names in tech, some of the most expensive, complicated tools, and they all Mm -hmm. talk about agility. It's like Mm -hmm. it's the thing that everyone is sort of after that when the market shifts, you can catch back up to it quickly. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of what everybody's chasing. And low code tools, developers are great, (laughs) but designers are great. Um, But when you anytime you can, you know, simplify a process, then you're going to be more
1: agile. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: The question we ask just about everybody on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool, the one you can't work without? And you can't say Outgrow and you can't say your phone unless you're citing a specific app.
1: I like the email tool Spark. I don't know whether anyone has used it here. It's from Riyadal or something the app is called. It's called Spark and it's only for Mac. And um, it's an email tool, but it just really allows you to organize your emails so that you can actually manage so many teams without having to actually go to any of the tools like uh, No T No Shade to Asana or all of these tools that exist. I mean, I know they exist, but they would require me to go to my browser or to an external app i need to have that app but with a single email tool that can connect to all these apps you're able to like literally uh the uh the analogy i use is every monday morning i open my spark and then i part my email like moses parted the waters in, in the mediterranean so I literally sort all all of the email with like uh in an operatic manner and it's actually uh, quite fun to do actually it makes email fun that's actually their logo make your email fun again <laughs> the caption so yeah. yeah email hasn't been fun
0: since the late <laughs> 90s guess. <I> <laughs> <think. laughs> yeah. all right shaksham sarda from outgrow thanks for joining us on b2b nation
1: Thanks for having me on the show. And I just want to say that there's a special link that we've given you where everyone can claim a one month extended trial of Outgrow. So you'll just have one month, which is a lot of time to try out the templates, see if it works for you. If it doesn't, there's no credit card required for this trial, so just try it out. And yeah, go to the template section on our website. That's where you'll find all the templates for 21 different businesses if you want to use. All right,
0: you can look for that on the technology advice blog post associated with this episode. Thanks again. Thanks again to Shock Sham Sharda for joining us on this episode of B2B Nation. Thanks also to the Technology Advice crew, Amy Dunn and KJ Pace. If you found this episode interesting or insightful, subscribe to B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Mnemonics in the Guild wrote our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.